Hey guys, I'm Riss, and I'm Liza, and this is the Poop and Peep, Poop and Peep, (laughs) (laughs) the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading. His brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. Happy Passover. <laughs> hey, this comes happy out Passover. On, I think this might come out on Passover if I, my calculations are right. Um, let my people go, Pharaoh. No, bestie. He that's literally what he said. <laughs> this will come out after Passover. Oh, okay. Almost oh, a week like after. A good Passover. Yeah, because Passover's next week. Right. This week. This oh my fucking god, you're right. It starts on Friday. Ooh. <laughs> um, so did did the bunny come see people? Yeah. Did he bring you eggs? What? Is that what he brings? You don't celebrate Easter, but you celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. No, but I do celebrate. My mom used to get us Easter baskets and they'd have like egg, like little eggs with stuff in them. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like plastic eggs with like jelly yeah. beans inside? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Um, we're gonna color eggs with Sylvie, so he. I. I mean, yeah. The the Easter Bunny usually brings us chocolates, and so and we also get the. You know, I, this is actually a Polish thing, I think. But the the like wooded hand painted eggs. Yeah, I never seen that. Oh, they're so beautiful. My mom gets them for us every year. Awesome. Also, if you're from Buffalo, there's something called uh the Broadway Market. And it has all this, you know, fun stuff at it. And that's where she gets the eggs. And um, also, there's something that I think Liza would love, but I don't think she would know about it. Do you know what a butter lamb is? No. (gasps) What is it? So um, a butter lamb is a stick of butter carved to look like a lamb. And it's an important thing that you get for Easter. Oh, I want one. And it has, they put like peppercorns for eyes and then he gets like a little like bow tie around him. Holy shit. Where do you get one of those? I don't know. It's, I guess it's a buffalo thing, but yeah, butter lamb's amazing. And I hope everyone is getting their Easter butter lamb. And I'm literally about to like figure out a way that I can ship one to Liza without it melting. God, that is so cute. It's a but. Wow. Butter lamb. Butter lamb. He is risen. <laughs> he is. The butter lamb, he lives okay. again. Also, this is really bad, but one of the funnest things to do when you have the butter lamb and everyone's ate dinner and everything, you just slice that little guy's head off. Slice that head off. <laughs> you say, you can't have this no more. <laughs> Goodbye. So fun. Um, zombie Jesus Day. It's gonna be Jesus Day, and 
if we didn't have Jesus, we might not have any Catholic kills. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> um, but with Easter means that it's spring, definitely, and it's the warm weather, it's the sunshine, it's the fun time, it's the beautiful um, flowers, and all the all the creepy crawlies start to come out. But we like when the Earth does this. And we like when the earth does what the earth is supposed to do. Um, and you know what we don't like? Climate change. We do not like climate change. We do not be liking that climate change. Um, and so today's episode is a fun one. We've made it fun. Um, Liza, do you want to tell the people what it is? Yeah. In celebration of Earth Day, um, we decided to read books about um, it kind of started as we were going to do like another Earth, um, another Earth Day. But we somehow both ended up picking apocalyptic fiction, but climate apocalyptic fiction so it feels very fitting um for earth day to say hey guys <laughs> uh, it's not looking good for us unless Watch we uh, all do our part and i think we both read books on very different kinds of climate apocalypse apocalypses um yeah so i read and also i just want like as a genre apocalypse fiction is very like like I thought it was very cool to read apocalypse fiction, Marissa, because like, I don't think I have read anything since YA dystopia era. Um, So it was really cool to read adult apocalypse Mm -hmm. fiction rather than teen apocalypse fiction. Isn't it also interesting because I too was like, I don't think I've read anything like this since I was reading YA. Why is YA like that? It's really it was a very bizarre period in time because they don't even write really that much YA dystopia anymore. Mm -mm. It was just like a block of time there where they were like, hey, we're all going to freaking die. Here's how it's going to (laughs) go. We're gonna we die were like, and we gotta fight the government. Right. We were like, we were like, I'll take it. We were like, give me fifth wave, give me matched, give me divergent, give me Hunger Games. Like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna give me the 100. I'm gonna eat it up. The Gone series. Yup. H2O, the Maze Runner. Runner. They had the teens fighting for their fucking lives. They really did. And, you know, I read these books and I was like, ooh, these little, like, nuggets of horror are so good. And Mm now I love, I love it. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That's so true. How many of us were forever haunted by the mutts in the first Hunger Games that were the dogs that had the eyes of the fallen tributes? They did not do good in the movie. No, it was such a nasty detail in the book. And the fact that they didn't include it in the movie, thumbs down. Big thumbs down. So Um, scary in the book. I remember being like actually horrified. Also, for all my besties out there 
Rose took my nose, I suppose. <laughs> Period. You won't know unless you know. If you don't know, then you know. And if you know, then you do. Period. That's Period. exactly that's exactly it. I read a book, a new, brand new book, literally brand new, fresh off the press, um, called Here Lies by Olivia Claire Friedman. Tell us about the cover because I saw it and it was very beautiful. The cover is gorgeous. It is like a dark burgundy with all of these intertwining red flowers, which I think might be poppies. I was going to say they look kind of like poppies. Which I don't know why poppies and there's like brambles and thorns too. Poppies always kind of remind me of the dead. And I don't Really? really know why. I also really like poppies, but poppies well, are the remembrance flower. Yeah, I guess that maybe poppies and um, marigolds, I think. Whatever you put on the ofrenda um, for Day of the Dead. Yeah, it's it's marigolds, right? I don't know. Always remind me of the dead, but I like that about but them. Why? That is those are two weird flowers to remind you of the dead. Yeah, well, because what else do you put on dead people? Like, you don't really put roses on the dead. Lilies? Lilies remind me of dead people, too. The smell. Yes, the smell is exactly... It makes me sick in my stomach because it smells like funeral home. I hate funeral homes. I hate that because why can't we just smell? Like, why why do we got to cover this up? This is weird. I know. It is very strange. And that's what, like, I'm so excited. Like, this book... And I'm sure yours, too, in like a a very different way. It's like makes you think so much about what we do with our dead. Or what we do when about dying. And yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, why do they. Why cover up the smell. Of the dead with something like as fragrant as lilies. Mm -hmm. It just feels kind of weird. It does. Whenever I think of poppies, I think of heroin and I think of the Wizard of Oz when the witch is like, poppies. Yeah, I also think of the Wizard of Oz. I don't know what I'll do. Poppies. The book I read is probably one that many people read in high school because apparently that is a thing. I never did. Liza never did. Um, But it's The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I believe this came out in 2006, so it's not as old as we sometimes may think that it is. But yeah, I've been posting about this all week that I've been reading it and everyone comments on it and they're like, do you actually like that book? Like I read that in high school and I'm like... But but to me, I spoiler alert, guys, I really, really liked it. And so I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I don't know if like maybe just reading it in high school doesn't let you appreciate it fully or if it was just stupid people who like don't know how to appreciate the writing. I'm not sure. Maybe just because I think deeper about the writing and the decisions made. That's why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I suppose we'll find out. But um, also my cover actually is interesting because it has nothing on it. It's just it has the title and the name on it, but it's just all black. There's no picture or anything. 
which I feel like you'd look at it and you'd be like, what the frig? Like, what a boring cover. But if you don't know, um, this book is about a father and a son who are pretty much walking down a road the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, and America is like burned mm. completely. And so everything is covered in ash. Oh. Um, and so the fact that this cover is just black, like, it, I, I think it was just a genius move. It's so iconic too like i know exact i don't own the road i know exactly what the cover looks like like you didn't even have to like mm-hmm. when you said the cover i pictured it in my head how crazy is that i it's funny that you said i feel like having if someone makes you read this in high school i can see why you have a negative connotation of it but it, it's funny that you said that people were like telling you like oh my god like i hate that book because i was talking about um I work at a bookstore and I was talking about the road with a bunch of coworkers. And, and so these are all people that read a lot of books and we're also all a lot of like horror people at horror and fantasy and, and sci-fi people at um, work. And this one guy who is on the old, like he's older too. So he's read a lot of books was like, it's the most to this day, the most disturbing thing I've ever read in my entire life. And there's one scene that sticks with me and I will never be able to get it out of my head again. And I was like, amazing. I love it. Good. Um, I wonder if you felt the same way about the scene. Cause he did tell me what scene it was. So I guess whenever I do read the book and I come across it, I'll know um, what it was. Uh, I'll see it coming a little bit, but maybe I'll still be disturbed. There's so much about this book that's disturbing in like different levels and i find that really interesting um and mm. but the the i would say like the flat line level where even the most i guess mundane parts of the book what's happening then um i would say that that level is just like very unsettling and then it gets just more just like higher levels of disturbing, but the baseline is just so unsettling. That's really interesting. Like that's interesting to hear too, because mine is also obviously apocalypse fiction, climate apocalypse. And the most disturbing thing about my book is that it's not disturbing in the slightest. It is the most quiet apocalypse and the most familiar apocalypse I have ever read. And I think that's why it's disturbing because it feels like normal almost. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh yeah, this is how it's probably going to go for us. And like, I know the road might be like a little more extreme. Like you're like that, maybe that could happen, maybe not. But like, I feel like what disturbed me most about this book was I was like, this is literally, we always think the world's going to end in flames or nuclear warfare or zombies or societal collapse. And then we're all like in the hunger games, but like in actuality, it's probably going to be whatever this is that Mm -hmm. happened in my, that happens in uh, my book. So that's, that's what gets you. But wow, okay. Does anyone does anyone have anything else to say about climate change? 
climate change. And I feel like this is not meant to like scare anybody um, either, except for the amount that you should be scared. (laughs) I just want to put out because like I feel like we talk about horror and so often and a lot of times the horror we're talking about is not the kind of horror that's actually going to happen. Whereas this is. To an extent. So, but it's not trying to be scary. Also, reminder to treat Mother Earth with kindness because she is the only mother that we all have. At the same time, there is not much you personally as an individual can do. It's all the big corporations that need to actually do something. So I think individuals, honestly, should never feel climate guilt. Like, if you have to use a plastic water bottle, that's literally fine. There's some statistics about it that are like, obviously on Earth, like you should try to make conscious decisions to preserve nature. But some people can't or sometimes you have to do this, that and the other. And it's like there's some statistic that's like individuals only account for this, like small of a percentage of emissions and waste. And like five big corporations account for like 75 percent of all carbon emissions in the entire world. You know, that's insane. So it's like. I don't know. I just feel like that's important to remember on Earth Day because so many times the people like trying to make you like feel guilty for not doing your part on Earth Day. But it's like I feel like more so on Earth Day, you should just respect and cherish the Earth rather than kick yourself for any silly, wasteful things that you've done, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, just think about our our Douglas Adams episode and we just... Um, talked about, you know, these endangered animals and like, what can we do for them? Yeah. Like at, at this point, as, as the way that we are now, we can appreciate them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think Earth Day, go for a walk. Yeah. Like, I like to think that the Earth sees us enjoying it and yeah. it enjoys that like it enjoys it's like when someone looks at you and tells you that you're beautiful like that feels yeah. good and I think that just being out with the earth and going for a walk and smelling the flowers it's it's a great time to start planting um the spring flowers if anyone has any seeds to plant I do it's just a good time to do things like that and just appreciate the little beauty that we have and I just thought of this because it goes with my book a little. Go hang out in a cemetery um, with some little dead people. And you could even clean up the cemetery if you want to. But back in Victorian times, cemeteries were considered parks. So you would go to the cemetery to enjoy nature and to like have a nice like spring day. You would go to the cemetery. And so why were you like, oh, go for a walk on Earth Day? I was like, I'm going to the cemetery on Earth Day because how fun. 
The cemetery is literally one of my favorite places to be. I cannot wait for Liza to come. I tell my mom this every time we drive through it because we've been going to um, the cemetery. Sylvie likes to feed the ducks. It's like one of his favorite things. If we were like, Sylvie, you want to go for a ride in the car and feed the ducks? He'll immediately like get his cup and start like packing up. That's so Um, cute. And it's so funny because he we didn't even tell him to feed the ducks. He just knew to do it. He just started throwing his popcorn out the window. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, And so we've been going there a lot. And every time we go, I'm literally like, I cannot wait to take Liza here. This is the best cemetery. And I can't wait for her to see it. Um, And so like, it's, it's just always been normal for me to just hang out in a cemetery. There's nothing yeah. weird with it. No, I don't really think there's anything to be afraid of. No. Not to be weird, but like, I don't think your dead folks are hanging out in by their graves. They're not. Not. Dead people are just the earth again. Like, that's also a pleasant way to celebrate Earth Day. They're just dirt. Yeah. They just dirt. They're just, they were the earth. Dirt. And they are are the earth again. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Samantha Hunt. You know what dust is? It's you. It's you. You know what's in your water? Dead people. Um, yeah, so, yeah, do something fruity on Earth Day. Come hang out with me and Liza in the cemetery. cemetery. So, guys, that's your friggin' Earth Day homework. Yes, and maybe read some fiction, maybe read a nonfiction or climate apocalypse fiction Mm -hmm. or another Earth fiction, like sci-fi, fantasy, just like think about the earth. Okay, so I read Here Lies um, by Olivia Claire Friedman. And this book was published by Grove um, Atlantic in 2022. Like I said, it's a brand new book. This is her first novel. Um, so she has a short story collection called Disasters in the First World and a poetry collection called The 26-Hour Day. And otherwise, her short stories have appeared in a bunch of literary magazines. She's a teacher at the University of Southern Mississippi, creative writing teacher. But this is her debut novel. And I personally thought it was phenomenal. And basically, this book takes place in Louisiana in the year of our Lord, 2042, um, which is so not too far away i'll be 43 years old um in the year 2042 marissa just made the funniest face um which is concerning um but yeah i'll be 43 years old so it's not very far away um and this book follows a girl who is only 21 about 21 in her early 20s whose mom has recently passed away prematurely like she was not old um she died young of ovarian cancer and basically the apocalypse climate apocalypse we find ourselves in in here lies is um that the sea levels are rising it seems like it's hotter um but like i said it does take place in louisiana But the big, there's a few big things, but the big thing climate change wise is that there's a bunch of 
storms. The storms are way crazier in 2042 than they are now, which I do feel like we already see signs of hurricanes getting worse, tornadoes getting worse, blizzards getting worse, um, which is like a thing like climate change is not. That's why we, we refer to it as climate change now instead of global warming, typically because, yes, the earth is warming, but that's not everything like like other natural things change pretty severely too so that's the big thing um and the thing i really liked about friedman's choices in this book is that she never gave that much exposition about what the climate change climate apocalypse is like it's all small details that you have to gather um and i think she does that really 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 well and that's what i mean it 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 is a it's an apocalypse that is quiet um it's an apocalypse that is like normal and familiar and um i just thought that was really smart and creative because i feel like so often like apocalypse fiction is like just insane like who remembers that movie 2012 that came out like like literally insane like which in actuality is probably not how it's going to happen um like if we're being completely honest like if there is the the what whatever they refer to as the sixth extinction mass extinction um we're already in it so i just really appreciated that she did that and that she didn't give a bunch of like you know almost cliche exposition as to what's going on. Um, But the big point in this book is that I, I, and then she doesn't fully explain this either, but you can no longer bury the dead in the United States in 2042. And I think there's a lot of reasons behind it. I think part of it is that there's less land so I think they have reclaimed all the cemeteries. Um, so you I, you can't go to cemeteries anymore. You can't be buried in a cemetery. Uh, they've gotten rid of all like the gravestones because I think what we're supposed to think is that, and people have thought this before, like I've read different articles and stuff on this, that some people hold this thought that like cemeteries are like a waste of space. Like why have a cemetery full of dead people when you could have them? a a condo complex like kind of stuff like that and so she doesn't specifically say that in this book but I think we're supposed to gather that first they closed down the cemeteries and said you can't be buried in the ground because you need they needed to reclaim that land because there's a loss of land due to climate change the other thing is that I think we're supposed to infer that people are dying at a more rapid rate than they do now, whether that's to natural disaster or cancer, Um, like because of the pollution, more and more people get cancer. There's like a few sick people in this book and mention of sick people in this book. But I think so basically everybody has to be cremated. And they keep, it turns into this, what started as I think just a a means to gather land so that people could continue living, turned into this almost like authoritarian removal of mourning 
So at this point in in time, they keep the remains. You aren't allowed to have the cremated remains unless everybody has to be cremated. First and foremost, you keep the cremated remains at this government facility. Um, Most people don't have access to them. There's a very specific set of rules for you to be able to access your loved one's remains. You can't spread them. You can't bury them. And you can't at this point in the book, there's an announcement that you can no longer have public funeral. You can no longer have funerals. And I kind of took this as like, I don't, like I said, I think it's like an authoritarian control over how we mourn. But I also think it's almost like, I took it as like, there's so much like death and Americans specifically are so uncomfortable with death that the government is trying to do everything they can to erase it as a concept kind of, Um, which I think is really interesting. And like, I've talked, I've said, I mentioned this so many times because it's just like one of my favorite things. Like I'm very intrigued by how we as Americans think about dead people um, and how we, how we mourn our dead and, and how we bury our dead. Um, so this book, like buying this book was like a no brainer for me, but yeah, that's basically the premise of it. And so it follows this girl Alma, um, as she's trying to deal with living in this world and without her mother, and she's trying to get the cremated remains of her mother back she's because she there's some rule where if you're the next of kin and there's no other living relatives you can have the cremated remains so that's kind of her story and then she meets a friend who um at the library they meet every day at they meet at the library um and then they sort of become friends right at the very beginning of the um of the book and you later find out that the friend is pregnant which i think is really interesting to have a pregnant um character in an apocalypse and because this book is so much about the dead like it's very cool to have a death and a life being the two core a death and a birth being the two core plot moving concepts of our two main characters. Um, And it's not at all about the apocalypse. The apocalypse is just the background. And that's why I said like it was disturbing because everything felt very familiar, even though everything was askew. And the other really cool thing about this book is like, it really is about like, this woman's connection with her mother and with her friend and all these other women that support each other in this small area of Louisiana. I think there's really only one male character in the book and he's not in it very often. So I thought it was very cool that it was a full cast of really cool women characters. And I think we actually see that quite a bit in newer apocalypse fiction too, because um, you guys know like Mad Max Fury Road, when there's like that whole like um, faction of like women who stuck together um, during the apocalypse, like it and the older women sort of guiding the younger women, like in a way it kind of reminded me of that. I also love the notion of something taking place in the not so distant future so that people who are like in their sixties in the 2040s, they were around 
when we, when we were around. So they remember the before, whereas Alma um, doesn't really remember the before because she was obviously born in like now, which is already a shit show. So like she doesn't know what it used to be like. So I think having like women elders is a very cool concept too. But yeah, that's like a long winded explanation of the book. Um, I literally love this book. It's definitely one of my if not my favorite book I read so far this year. And with that being said, let's get right into it. Um, For readability and interest, I gave this book an 8.5. Like I said, like it's almost, it's not as if this is like a book about the apocalypse. And so you're like, I got to see what happens next. Like I got to keep turning the page because like who's going to die next and what's going to fall from the sky. It's like a very quiet book but you want to keep reading it and you want to find out what's going to happen and you want to be with the characters and so I found it very easy to read endlessly readable in that way and it is the kind of thing that you think about when you're not reading kind of because of the overall concept once again not necessarily because of you're like I wonder what's going to happen with this plot point it's more like you're just ruminating on it as a concept and it makes you like think about life more than I feel like sometimes other books have for me. For um, language and style, I gave this book a nine. I love Olivia Claire Friedman's writing style. I love it. I love everything about it. It's so good and so strange. It's very stunted and not to toot my own horn, but parts of it kind of remind me of like my own um, writing style, which I think obviously you write the way you like to read. And so I'm not trying to be like, I write just like Olivia Claire Friedman, but like I'm drawn to this style. And so I try to write like this when I write too. That's like, like this stunted, but still like beautiful but very simple language and like almost like listing things and the short little sentences I don't know it's very I I wonder if I can find a good example I mean there's just so many good examples but there's just so many good examples I feel like I can't even pick one um the dialogue is also so impressive it's so natural I'm obsessed I feel like we talk about this all the time, but dialogue is so hard. And so many people, even talented writers, do not, uh, sometimes do not do a good job. And um, I thought this dialogue was impeccable. And I also just thought like, oof, like the imagery, the feeling, the way she was describing certain things. I've said this a thousand times, I'll say it again. I still think about horns, when he's describing like it smells like swamp and does he say fireworks like it makes me oh my god it just makes me like so excited this because it takes place in louisiana it that she has so many moments where she writes and it's just muggy and almost electric like do you guys know that feeling right before a storm comes before a thunderstorm comes and you're like almost like electric if that makes any sense like you're um the electromagnetic fields I guess are like I don't know how to quite describe it but she somehow figured out exactly how to do that in her descriptions and even like describing like 
the library or her her friend the the pregnant friend uh bordelon like has these Jackie O sunglasses and they have these like caboodles from the nineties that were their mothers. And they think like vintage stuff is so cool. And I'm like, this is like sad. Like, this is really sad. Like the book was honestly sad, but also so sweet. So yeah, I fucking love the writing style. Please everybody pick up this book um, for that reason alone but in terms of the form I gave this book a 7.5 because it wasn't doing anything that crazy with form but I think it worked perfectly for the book the other thing that I did want to note about form that I really really liked was that each chapter was named which they don't do in adult fiction any like you know remember when you would read a chapter book and each chapter would be named and it would kind of give you a feel for what was going to happen in that chapter she does that and i think it's really beautiful and i also think it works well because i i do know that she has a collection of poetry and i think it kind of feels a little bit more like poetry to have each little chapter titled the chapters are also very short um which plays into readability i the book is only 190 pages and the chapters are all i don't know five ten pages um which i just adore i think it makes for a, a better reading experience when something moves quick like that instead of drags out and i also think you don't need to say everything you only need to say what you need to say if that makes sense so when a book is 190 pages olivia claire friedman said everything she needed to say she didn't need it to be any longer than that um and i think that's why i love short books and short stories so much because people recognize that they just need to say what they wanted to say and then be done with it which i just really appreciate for shelf worthiness, I gave this book a seven. I definitely say add it to the collection. I am keeping it forever. Um, I would maybe read it again too, because I'm still trying to figure out the apocalypse here. Because like I said, like she only gives you these little tidbits. And I think that's really fun. And I think if you read it again, you'd see even more like, oh, like you can clearly see that that's what's going on. And the, the writing is just beautiful. Like it's something to... Um, learn from and for plot i gave this book an eight um again i loved the plot even the fact that like it wasn't this crazy apocalyptic plot the fact that it was such a subdued almost like observance i really just liked and it's talking about some of these really like big ideas like birth and death, but it really is just following how these two girls, because they are girls, they're children, they're in their early twenties. I think Bordelone is actually 19, um, are moving through this really crazy world that is so much like ours in so many ways and so different in so many other ways. I just thought it was really, really wonderful i think you always when you have an idea for a story there's always multiple ways you can go and i feel like she could have gone a very different way with that concept of it's the apocalypse and you're not allowed to bury the dead i'm sure that's what you know that was the idea for the story you could have done gone so many different ways than that and the way she chose was perfect i think 
So I really love that. The other thing I will say, I, I don't mean to like be like, what's going on? Um, is there was like religious iconography in this book, which I think is definitely um, makes sense because not even that Alma is very religious, um, but like there's just these little bits and pieces of it, which I think makes sense because anytime we're talking about the dead, that might come up. But the thing I thought was interesting, like like I said, I don't mean to um, suppose anything, but the author of the book is Olivia Claire Friedman, Friedman, which I associate with Jewish people. And the main character's name is Alma, which I associate with Jewish people. And her mom's name is Naomi, which I associate with Jewish people. And I don't believe this because I'm Jewish um, ethnically, but I'm not um, and culturally, but I'm not religiously Jewish. But in Judaism, you're not allowed to cremate the dead. They have to be buried. And so I see this author's name. I see the main character's name. I see her mom's name. And I immediately think it's going to be a little bit Jewish. And they never once said that. There was mention of God and Jesus, which made me think maybe they weren't supposed to be Jewish because Jewish people don't believe in Jesus or at least don't believe that he was like the savior. But I thought that was really interesting, too. I literally was expecting this because of the subject matter and I guess my own like preconceived notions of naming that it was going to be kind of Jewish and then it wasn't. Um, so I just thought that was something interesting to know. But like it is like it doesn't even have to be religious to think about what you want done with your body when you're dead. Like it is such an affront to take the rights away from the dead. I think. And to say everybody needs to be cremated because I'm not religious and I don't think that your remains are you. I think they're a thing. Uh, after you die, I think that's a thing, whatever is left. But I still think you deserve the dignity of being disposed of in the way that you want. And so I don't even think to like to think about this as a religious person, I'm sure is very interesting, but I very much think like you don't, you don't, I, I mean, I'm not, like I said, like you don't have to be religious at all to be, to think about um, this apocalyptic concept because y'all know I very much want to be composted. And if this was <laughs> the world we lived in, I would not be able to be composted. And that makes me pissed because I want to be worm food really, really, really bad. That This is like my written statement of that, by the way, people. <laughs> Please compost my corpse. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, so that's how I felt about the plot. Um, very fresh, just totally unique, um, completely not ever been done before. I love it. Um, and for characterization, last but not least, I gave this book a nine. I love these characters. I thought they were so real. Um, I think when you ached, when they ached, you ached. Um, when they felt joy at like a small thing, you felt joy at a small thing. And these characters did such a good job at leading you through their world so that nothing even though what a strange thing that you're experiencing, nothing seemed all that strange because they did not think it was 
other than the outrage of like, you know, not being able to have your own mom's cremated remains, like they didn't think anything really that was going on was strange because to them it wasn't. Um, And so I feel like when you don't, when you're seeing a world through the eyes of characters and you don't question the world, that is always the sign of a great of an author doing great world building and great um, characterization. Because think about it, guys. It's likely if you grew up in an apocalypse, you're not questioning the apocalypse. It is what it is. And so it wouldn't really be realistic if they were like, this is weird, would it? No, because we don't question the apocalypse, do we? Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I thought these characters were like, and every single one of them too, like Bordelon and Alma were very, obviously the main characters, but all of the other women in this story, all of them were so distinct. And even the dead characters were distinct too. Um, and even the characters that are only in it for a few seconds, like she just did a really, really wonderful job. Um, and I was invested in these people's lives and I felt um, very close to them for uh, 190 pages, which I feel like is also a feat um, in and of itself to be presented with such a short amount of time in which you can become connected to characters. So yeah, I freaking love this book, Here Lies by Olivia Claire Friedman. Everybody read it. If you want to wait till it comes out in paperback because money purposes, that's fine. I'm sure you can also take it out from a library and then buy the paperback if you love it um, because it is only in hardcover as it is new. But yeah, beautiful, amazing, astounding. I'm excited to see what this woman does next. The end. Beautiful. No, that did sound really good. I think you'd like it. Something about it reminds me of Red Clocks. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I like it. I like it. We love Red Clocks, mostly. We love Red Clocks. We love our dead. (laughs) We love dead folks. So cute. We love them. And such an interesting thing to think of. Um, Yeah. An interesting concept. And I was also thinking about, yeah, and it does uh, have me wondering about the poppies. The poppies. There's lots of floral imagery in this too, and growing imagery, like trees, which I think is very cool. Because I think also I connect both birthing and dying to flowers and trees like the growth of those things yep very much so so that's kind of cool so good writers writers be kind of good writers be writing and they be doing it well (laughs) sometimes we don't like all writers no no but we like these ones we like these ones um i was gonna say when you were like, we don't like all writers. I was going to say men. And then I was like, your book's by a man. You can't say it this yeah. way. But for the most part, correct. <laughs> correct, best friend. Daddy's correct. I want to hear about the road. We could talk about it. I want to be spooked. The long and winding road. Country road. Me to your door. All right. 
guys the road okay so as i mentioned before um america is burned everything is ash everything is nothing um it's just blackness and soot and ash and a father and a son are just walking down this road they're traveling south um because it's very very cold and so they want to be warm so they're traveling south just like birds do except they're walking down a road they're not flying and yeah let's let's just get right into it i'm excited um for readability and interest i gave this a nine not only that i love the concept that i love what i was um absorbing the story um but also it's kind of written in small chunks there's no chapter breaks no like different sections or anything but all the writing is just like paragraph and then a paragraph and then a paragraph it's really interesting so it made it easy to just be like oh just like one one more little one one more little one and so i just kept reading and reading and reading and i think i want to talk a little bit more about that in form so hang tight for language and style i gave this a nine i posted about it um on my snapchat story a couple times beginning this book i it was not what i expected i was blown away besties i like started reading this and i immediately the first sentence i paused and i opened up my snapchat and i took a video of me reading it because i needed to like talk to someone about it and it was late at night so I was like I'm sending this to my snapchat story so I just want to get into this I'm gonna read you guys a little bit sit down chill out so this is right in the beginning I don't know how much I'll read I might read the full page I might I might not so let's just see when he woke in the woods in the dark and the cold of the night he'd reach out to touch the child sleeping beside him that sentence had me effed up after when he woke in the woods in the dark and the cold of the night he'd reach out to touch the child sleeping beside him why is that so friggin' good why i'm like usually i don't like these weird i don't like when there's too much repetition in a sentence unless it's done intentionally and unless you do it really, really well, it can just, it sounds gross. But for some reason, the whole like in the woods, in the dark and the cold of the night, I'm like, holy frig. So that, that is our opening sentence. Let's go to, I'm going to go down a little bit. And on the far shore, a creature that raised its dripping mouth from the rimstone pool and stared into the light with eyes dead white and sightless as the eggs of spiders. It swung its head low over the water as if to take the scent of what it could not see. Crouching there, pale and naked and translucent, its alabaster bones cast up in shadow on the rocks behind it, its bowels, its beating heart, the brain that pulsed in a dull glass bell. It swung its head from side to side and then gave out a low moan and turned and lurched away and looped soundlessly into the dark what the frick what the this is the first page besties the first page 
I and and it's not like it's all like that. The whole book is like that. It's so friggin' good. It is so good. If I if my teacher was ever like, oh guys, we're gonna read the road, and I opened the book and that was the first page, it would be done that night. <laughs> it would be done that night. Um, and I don't like people telling me what to read. <laughs> so that's insane. So yeah, I gave language and style a nine. I loved it. I thought the writing was really crisp and everything he was doing felt almost poetic without it, without it being lyrical or poetic at all. Really. It's just, I just thought it was so amazing. And I am telling, well, I'll wait, I'll hold for form. I gave this an eight. Um, I actually do have quite a bit to talk about with form. So like I said, this book has no chapter breaks. No, it's not sectioned off. Um, it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And at first I was like, I liked it, but I was like, it's a little weird. And I wonder why it does that. And then I just thought about it. And if you're in, you know, a kind of wasteland type of America and you're walking down a road to get somewhere, it is going to feel like what we are reading. Um, it's going to just feel like paragraph, 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 par- over and over and over again. This this book is walking down the road. That is what you're doing when you are reading this book. And so I thought that that was brilliant because the the concept is already so good. He didn't have to do it like this. He could have just made the book with with this weird America with the relationship between the father and the son and um, the mother who's not present and the dangers of America. He could have just wrote a book like that and called it a day, but he, he didn't. And it worked so well. There's also one of me and Liza's favorite thing in this book, which is no quotation marks. Um, talking is just a sentence. And I also love that. And I wonder, there's also something about the days blurring together and you're just walking and you're just going. And there's something about um, conversation like that where it's like, it's, it's not exactly documented. It's not quoted, but this is what was said. And I think that's so important for a book, especially a book like this where you're in an apocalyptic situation. Um, so I considered giving this, the form a nine, just because I liked it so much, but it, it's not, there's nothing like extremely experimental about it. It's just the fact that he picked a form that is unconventional and it's, it's working for the story for the book. Because it's fun. It's fun to play with form. I love to play with form. If I could play with form all day, I freaking would, besties. But sometimes you have to stop and be like, what is the point of this? What is the point of the form that I'm using connected to the book that I'm writing? Is there a point of doing it? It's almost like blackout poetry. I feel like people do blackout poetry a lot. And I'm like, "Mm, you guys don't really know. Even when I was in college, I had classes and they were like, you guys have to make blackout poems. And I'm like, 
Are you sure you want to do that? And hey, there are ways to do it, but you know, when you're in high school and you're just like, oh, I'm bored, I'm gonna make a blackout poem. Mm, let's let's stop. Let's pause. Let's think about it. What's the point, guys? What are you doing it for? What's the meaning? And again, not everything has to be like that. I don't want everyone to be like, oh, I can't write a book a certain way because it has to go with the story. No, but it's just think about how much better your form can make your story. That's just important. And I think that we should all think about that. So, yeah. Um, Shelf worthy. Read again. I gave this an eight. I personally am going to keep this and I'm surprised because I got this book. Uh, I think from a thrift store, so it was very cheap. Hey, speaking of which, for Earth Day, guys, go get a book from a thrift store. It's so many, so hundreds of thousands of books end up in landfills. Buy secondhand books. It's okay. And again, hey, it's not, this isn't on us. It's not our fault. But it does feel good to be like, hey, this book could be in the garbage and now it's in my hands. It feels good. So whoever's book this was, I don't know, maybe they didn't like it. Maybe they left it at their parents' house and their parents tossed it. Maybe they died. I don't know what happened, but somehow this book ended up to me. I don't know. We don't know if they didn't like it, but I personally very much liked it. And it's getting put right on my shelf um, if I could fit it because I'm overflowing currently. So I think it's definitely shelf worthy. Would I read it again? Yes. And I'm going to go back to form for this because I feel again, like this very like mundane, unsettling paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, this very like walking along the road type of form makes it blur together a lot to the point where I feel as though I could read this book again and be like, wow, like, of course, I remember these main points, but there are so many other things that just slipped right by me because of how, like, steady and moving this book is. But I I do want to encourage people, go get this book. I thought it was great. Even if you do want to buy it from secondhand somehow, or if you want to pick it up at the library, go ahead and do that. I'm totally cool with that. Just maybe you should read this book. And If you are one of those people who read this book in high school and didn't like it, I just want to know why. I think this is if I were to teach high school, which I hope to God I never do. This is a book that I would teach. I think that this would be a good book for a young writer to read and be like, wow, he did this this way. I can also do this this way. And it's it's really good for the language. I think the poets out there would really appreciate it also. So freaking get this book and read it. And if you're a teacher, maybe consider teaching this in your English classes, guys. Um, For plot, I give this a seven. Like I said, the plot is great. But I just don't think that it was my favorite thing about it. And I don't think that it was necessarily the thing that was calling me. And that could that that could totally just be a personal thing, because like I said, the plot is amazing, but it is just like I was so obsessed with the form um, and the and the language. And so for me, the plot took a little bit of a backseat, but that could just be 
me looking at this book through a writerly gaze and talking about it with a writerly frame of mind. And I totally understand that. Um, so don't think just because I gave it a seven, it's not as good as the rest of the book. It definitely is. For characterization, I gave this book a six, mainly because this father and this son are in the middle of, a, of an apocalypse. Things are crazy. The, the, the boy is young. I don't know exactly how old he is, but he is young and he's he's scared and he's annoying a little bit because he's a little kid. And I don't know how realistic the father's patience is with him. He's just so the father's like so patient with him. And so let me let me just read this to you guys. Can I ask you something? The little boy said. Yes, of course. Are we going to die? Sometime, not now. And we're still going south? Yes. So we'll be warm? Yes. Okay. Okay, what? Nothing, just okay. Go to sleep. Okay. I'm going to blow out the lamp. Is that okay? Yes, that's okay. And then later in the darkness, can I ask you something? Yes, of course you can. What would you do if I died? If you died, I would want to die too. So you could be with me? Yes, so I could be with you. Okay. There's just something about how like very calming and chill the relationship is that makes me wonder how realistic it is. Um, but of course I've never been in an apocalypse and I've never had a child and I'm not a man and I'm not walking down a road starving. Um, so of course I don't, I can't be like, oh, this is totally not realistic. I'm just questioning it and considering it, but I do think that the relationship between the two are, it's, it's really beautiful and it almost feels warm to read it. I feel like reading this book, I often feel like I'm the campfire while these two people are having a conversation around me. Um, and it's warm and it's comforting, but I also am very aware that it's dark around them and that they're focused on me. And I, I, I loved that about the book. I, I really did. But again, I just think it just wasn't my main focus and I gave it a six and it is what it is, besties. Yeah, that's pretty much all my thoughts that I have on the road. And I really encourage everyone to read it. And also, I'm very curious if anyone's read anything else by Mr. Corbett. Um, I'd love to know how it is and how it compares to this book like he wrote no country for old men and i'm like i don't think that that i don't think that that's gonna add i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna live up to this book you know what i mean he also wrote blood meridian which is stephen king's favorite book of all time which doesn't bode well for Cormac. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I'm gonna have to look into that. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if I should say this, but my one of my English teachers in high school, who I had a huge, huge crush on, his favorite book ever was Cormac McCarthy's The Road. And so I always associate it with him. And I think he liked No Country for Old Men, too. So maybe it's good. Maybe I not. feel like, you know how sometimes someone's like, oh, my God, like, this is my favorite book. And you're like, ooh, I would never if someone said, oh, my God, like the road's my favorite book. I'd be like, oh, cool, man. Like, that was a great book. Yeah, that's it. I would which. But there, so I could see, I could definitely see the appeal. I loved the book. I think that this book will be in my top 10 of the year, definitely. Yeah. Um, You know, unless I, I get some knockouts, which I got some good books coming along yeah. Um, that I'm waiting to get. But so it was a really great book, but I don't, I don't think his other stuff is for you. Right. Um, I think Blood Meridian is very gory. Um, oh, maybe that one is for me. <laughs> and I think it's about cowboys. Oh. Yeah, I think it might also be have Native people, a very poor representation of Indigenous folks. I might be wrong, but I think there's a lot of scalping happening. I mean, if it's like cowboys, I'm not surprised. Yeah, and that's why like, I'm not surprised it's Stephen King's favorite book. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look at us go. Yeah. Oh. What? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, hey, by the way, this is our 30th episode, but I think we already said that. I don't know. We said that to each other. We didn't say that on the thought. Happy 30th episode. Episode, guys. Can you believe that? No. 30 weeks of little sleep and much reading. Blink, blink. That's insane. Blink, blink. No thoughts, only books. But you know what that means, too, if, there's, if this is episode 30? It means there's only a few episodes, a couple episodes left in season two. Only a good handful left should coming we, at you. Can we tell them what's next week? Yeah, let's do it. So May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And this book will be, this book, bitch, this episode will be coming out right at the turn of April and May, right? Yeah. Coming out around May Day. Um, Beltane, if you will. And yeah, so we wanted to celebrate Asian American um, authors. Um, So I will be reading... um, Hold on, I don't want to get this person's name. Um, I will be reading How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. And Marissa. <laughs> and I, I am not sure what I'm going to be reading yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the bookstore and I'm going to just pick something without even knowing what it is. I might try to get a recommendation from one of the people there but maybe i won't maybe i'll just pick something out and i think that that's just going to be really fun to do yeah just and especially i'm kind of interested to see what um asian american pacific islander books they will have on display yeah 
They might um, have a display for it. I wonder. Right, because because my bookstore usually does that. So I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna what's gonna happen. I think that should be everybody's assignment for the next few weeks is like whenever you get a chance, go to the bookstore or the library or the thrift store. And your only condition is that it has to be a book by an Asian American author. But you have to go and find it yourself. Like mm-hmm. that's like a fun, like I feel like so many times people go into a bookstore and they're like, I don't know what I want to read. And then you just end up doing whatever. But I'm like, this is an interesting parameter to set yourself. It has to be by an Asian American author, but it can literally be anything. Mm-hmm. How fun is that? Like it could be nonfiction. It could be nonfiction. What if I go in there and I find a cookbook? Our next episode, I'm going to be cooking for you guys. And I love Asian cooking Asian food. So if you were going to cook Asian food, I would love that. That would be real fun. Much to, much to consider. <laughs> so who knows what will happen? Yeah. We don't. That's everybody's assignment. So you have that assignment and then you also have your Earth Day. Go appreciate the Earth assignment. Yes. Two homework assignments for this week. Two we homework assignments. Podcast like it's our like lecture at like a university. It's not. It's not. Wait, y'all aren't paying money for this to get a degree? I thought we were posting this on our website and people go to take notes. Then they send in their homework. <laughs> and then we do the test. So Yeah, I mean, that's what we got for you. And happy 30th episode. Get ready for the end of this season. And then um, we've mentioned it briefly, but we have a surprise coming at the start of our next season, um, which is very exciting. And if you haven't been to my website, go buy my book. If you haven't been to the the Little Sleep website, what are you doing? It's really fun. And yeah, man. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Peace out, I guess. See you next week. We'll see you. Thank you for listening. Um if your pet is brain dead, like Marissa. <laughs> hey, if your pet's brain dead, look out for them. <laughs>